Welcome to God knows what episode we're on. Uh, we've been on a bit of a hiatus. I think our, our last session was when we were on location in Venice Beach, California, after we were looking at wedding venues. And very apropos, we are now on location in South Florida on a Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. Sunday. We're on vacation, so we're we don't vacation, know what day it is. So we don't keep track of the days while we're on vacation. But it's Sunday evening before dinner, after some daytime pool and beach drinks and a little nap. We're out on our balcony, so another outdoor recording. So we might have some beautiful ambient noises of motorcycles going by, yes, potentially. That was really convenient timing. There's multiple going by right now. Yeah. We're on we're on the beach, but right next to the beach is a major, well, it's not major, but it seems like a major highway. Probably a lot the, of traffic. the one road that goes straight for a very long time. <laughs> so this is exciting. How's it feel to be back? Good. I miss it. Back on the air. Yeah. Yeah. We can't let that happen again. It went way too long. Mm-hmm. It was just sort of a byproduct of after we left California that time, we spent a fair amount of time apart on the road for work. But now we're here. Why don't you tell the kids at home what we've been doing here? We were here for a wedding. Our very good friends. And I'm going to pop the champagne while you're giving the, the okay. background. Okay. The you should do that. Okay. So keep talking. <laughs> our very good friends and conveniently our neighbors got married down here in Fort Lauderdale. And it's extra convenient timing because as Chris already mentioned, we are planning our wedding right now. And this is the first wedding that we've been to since we've been engaged, actually, which is a totally different way to go to a wedding. Whoa. <laughs> Oompa. Oompa. Um, and being that we're celebrating a marriage, we're conveniently drinking champagne. It's only fitting. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's a totally different experience going to a wedding when you're thinking about your own wedding versus just attending as a guest, not thinking about your wedding, especially not having had your own wedding. Once you go through the process, I think you never attend a wedding the same way again. Just like once you work in a restaurant, you never dine out with the same kind of experience after knowing what happens behind the scenes. So this was our first time. What'd you think? I was super hypercritical of the fact that there was a seat at our table with a plate of food in front of it that wasn't being eaten. Mm. So I was never, there's definitely a lot more that I'll, I'll pay attention to now that we, uh, it's actually, it's very fitting as we were in the cab on the way to LaGuardia airport from our apartment, we stopped had the Uber driver stop at a mailbox because we had just mailed in the initial deposit and the signed contract for our wedding. And now we come down here and this is a lot of our personal travel or non-work travel this year has been to, to this is a 2018 has been like the year of the wedding. So we did one in San Antonio, I think late spring or in the spring, April, April. 14. And then we did one. I <laughs> should know these days. Um, and then we did one in Denver. That was Memorial a lot of fun. Day weekend. Memorial Day weekend, and now we're here. And there's is late October, so that that I think we met the going to weddings quota for the year. And now I think this is the last one, as far as we know, that we'll be at until we go to ours. So it is interesting sitting in on those first two weddings where we were just spectators for the most part, versus this one where we're actively watching everything yeah top to bottom so why don't why don't you give sort of the top things that ran through your mind that stood out to you sitting you know being in this wedding that you didn't really pay attention to before well i'll just start off with a funny anecdote cheers cheers (laughs) drinking our champagne um a funny anecdote is the invitations said that the wedding started at five o'clock now I don't typically read invitations. I actually don't usually keep invitations more than like 30 seconds from opening them after, you know, I send in the RSVP and say, you know, I'm attending and I always keep the save the date, but for some reason, the invitations, I just never really pay attention to. And that's the thing that has all the important information on it. All the save the dates we've received have been magnets that can go on our fridge. And really cute pictures. They're awesome. Like I'm looking at all my friends just all year long and thinking about their wedding every time I go to get food. It's perfect. But you get the re- you get the, the RSVP or the invitation, and if you're going to throw it out 30 seconds later, at least you're taking a photo of it and then adding it to, like, a Google Calendar alert 
for the day of. Yeah, but usually I'm not paying attention. This is just historically me personally. I'm not paying attention to the time or any of the details. So I usually show up. I usually know what weekend and what city I have to be where. (laughs) But I show up there and I'm just like, all right, where's the party at? What's going on? And so this one, same thing. And our neighbors actually, this is, you know, whose wedding we're celebrating. They told us more of the details. I think they hand delivered their invitation. Um, So anyway, we show up. We're hanging out with them the day before the wedding. And the bride just so happens to mention that the wedding starts at five o'clock. And the last couple weddings that I've been to start at six o'clock. So for this one, I was like, oh, I'm really glad that you said something. I just think I would have assumed knowing it was a Saturday evening that it started at six o'clock and just not even thought twice about it. But she happened to mention that it started at five. Thank God. I mean, I'm sure Dave, I would have asked. But anyway, I don't think you were in the conversation when that happened. So we Saturday day have all day to kill. Um, Obviously, the wedding's in the evening. We figure we'll get breakfast, hang out, went to the mall. Uh, went to the pool, hung out quite a bit. And you asked me what time we had to start getting ready. And just instinctively in my head, I was like, oh, an hour and a half before the wedding starts. Let's make sure we're back in the room by 445 so we don't risk it. So we're in the pool in a lazy river with drinks in hand. And you ask me what time it is. I tell you it's 437. You're like, no, no, no. 3.37, 3.37, right? I'm like, no, sweetie. It's 4.37. And then all of a sudden it dawns on you that it's 5 o'clock, not 6 o'clock, that we need to be at this wedding. Like suddenly, he says it's in the 4 o'clock hour, and I'm just like, no, it's not supposed to be in the 4 o'clock hour because the wedding starts at 5. Why would it be that late? Nailed it, babe. <laughs> Nailed it. Instantly had this moment. Now, I'm not going to go into the details, but we've done this a couple times before, and we happen to always up attendance of weddings somehow we either get too hammered day of or casually miss the ceremony or just show up late like we just never can get it right so left to our own devices <laughs> if we're with a big group so the other weddings that we went to earlier in the year one of them you were in the wedding yeah the other one we were with we shared a house with a bunch of friends so they all were our our alarm clock basically but if left to our own devices we're definitely going to mess it up so this time i was really really trying to get it right and when he said that it was 4 37 when we're in the pool i'm just like wow i can't believe we this one up again we had all day no excuses there's nothing else we should have been doing than just getting ready because otherwise we clearly just can't get this right so we race up to the room run into no less than 20 people getting off the elevator in the lobby so that we can get on the elevator. Every single one of them is all suited and vested up and we're in towels. Yeah, no, the second we walk into the hotel, I'm just like, dear God, let us not run into a single human that's in this wedding right now. Let us just get to the room unseen. Nobody has to know that this happened. So we get to the elevator push the button the doors open and 20 people that are in the party walk out of the elevator they're all chit-chatting and not really paying attention to us i'm like hiding my face so none of them recognize me the father of the bride walks out of the elevator everyone's in a good mood and we're just clearly (laughs) we don't even look like we're going to the same place they have no idea who we are they don't even recognize us. us it's like oh i don't know what you guys look like in a towel So we get into the elevator and then (laughs) this guy gets into the elevator with us and clearly going to the same place as everybody else. So I start casually asking questions because, again, I've, you know, 20 minutes to get ready for this wedding. And like, oh, you're here for a wedding? (laughs) (laughs) Which one? (laughs) He starts telling us the details. I'm like, oh, what time does that start? Just trying to confirm it. What floor is that supposed to be on? Cause we didn't even know where we had to be. Not on the ground floor. It's like up on some terrace. We have no idea where it is. So he's giving us all the details and we're just like, great. Good to know. Turns out he's the cousin of the bride. Once again, <laughs> nailed it. So we, we impressively get ready in no more than 15 minutes. We've showered. I've blow dried my hair. I've straightened a few strands of hair. <laughs> I've thrown on like a base base coat of makeup very very simple don't look great but don't look terrible 
and we run. We're sweating. It's Florida. It's so hot here. I we, ironed the front of my shirt because no one would see the rest of it because I was wearing a, a blazer. Yeah. Just I've, the front. I've buttoned and zipped like most of the parts of my dress, but I don't think I got them all. Um, we run upstairs, get to the terrace, and there are no more than three people we're at like, the event. And we didn't think we were even at the right wedding. We started asking the cater waiter. We're like, what time's the wedding supposed to start? And there, she's like, I don't know, like 536. I'm like, you don't know what time the wedding. You work here. It's very, very strange that she didn't know. But I'm like, what? Okay, what wedding is this? wedding is it? Where are the other weddings that are going on right now? This can't be it. It starts at five. Nobody's here. We're in the wrong place. Again, still in a panic. Yeah, there's the three people there. We didn't even recognize them. when We were hanging out with everybody the night before. Yep. Absolutely. Just interrogating this woman, the poor thing. So then we start walking up to the strangers who are there and we're like, what wedding are you here for? Who are the people that you're here to see? Turns out same people we were. Yeah. Nailed it. And so we're standing there and I think you still had some soap on your arm, mm-hmm. like body soap, because mm-hmm. you were taking a, a very quick shower and you're like, I'll wash this. I don't need to rinse it. You didn't hit the rinse cycle. <laughs> so I'm like, what's that on your arm? Is that lotion? Is that hair gel? (laughs) Straight up shampoo. (laughs) Shampoo on the arm. Then I'm like, what? I'm like, like, what's all this on your dress? There's like white powder on your dress. Did you ever figure out what that was? I'm wearing a black dress and I'm standing there and there's like these just bad. It's not bad, but it's these subtle white splotches. And the weird thing is, as I keep moving my body, it's like I'm getting more of it on myself. So I just keep adding like these weird marks to the front of my dress. I'm just getting it dirty, basically, just by I think it was your cell phone. Like your cell phone case must have been sitting in your purse. Probably had makeup on it. Makeup on it. And then every time your your phone touched your dress because you had it in your hand, I think you were getting it on the dress. Something was happening. It was weird. And then you had turned around and you're like, can you clip the top of my dress at the top of the zipper? And I'm like, babe, this is super wrinkly. <laughs> <laughs> what did you like? I thought you steamed this before. So now we're at this wedding. There's three people there. We know there are supposed to be at least 100. So figure I've got some more time. It clearly isn't starting at five o'clock like I was told it was. That was a clue. So I was run missing 97 people. Yeah, <laughs> I run downstairs. I'm like, well, I'm going to finish getting ready. Totally straighten myself up. Put another layer of makeup on. Actually uh, steam my dress. Get these weird white splotches off of it. And then come back upstairs as actual people are starting to fill in. The ceremony ends up starting at 530. Everything goes smoothly. It's beautiful. Afterwards, we walk up to the groom, Chris does, and ask him why we were told the wedding started at five when it clearly wasn't starting at five o'clock. He's like, I don't trust my friends for one second. I'm like, dude, that was brilliant. They told everybody that everybody the wedding's five o'clock. Well, I don't know if they told everybody that they told us and it was on the invitation that it started at five o'clock. It was rightly so. So they may have some friends that they do trust, but they clearly knew we were not not them. We're not amongst that group. I think we've probably told them our stories in the past. About how many weddings we just... We've accidentally missed (laughs) important pieces of. (laughs) You know, like the ceremony. (laughs) So, I mean, so to answer your question, one of the things that I noticed is how smart that was. Telling people to be there 30 minutes early. Because, I mean, even when I've gone with groups of people that I'm not being, you know, that I'm technically being held accountable by, we're still getting there, like, minute of walking in, sort of figuring out where we're supposed to be and when. Those 30 extra minutes are a good kind of... Right. And I have always said, I'm like, who starts a wedding on time? Right, right. Which has burned us before, because apparently a lot of people start weddings on time. But this is a South Florida wedding. Yeah. I think everyone was stoned. I mean, I just have so much respect for them that they pulled that move. I'm just amazed that they're smart enough to know that we're a couple of assholes. <laughs> and we will miss their wedding because we're, we were sitting at the pool drinking all day. Yeah. The only thing that, I've, that I would have done differently, shout out Patrick and Amanda, a sign leading into the wedding saying you're in the right place. We were just <laughs> if you would have been nice. 
Yes. That extra stress of walking in, still thinking I was missing the <laughs> wedding after knowing I was already very close to missing the wedding, that was a lot. Yeah, we thought we were in someone else's wedding. Or it could have been a funeral for all we knew, right? <laughs> we get there. There's like nobody there. No one's smiling. I'm like, who are these strange people? Four people there. I'm like, do they work? And then the people that work there don't know. Obviously, they don't work for the venue. I think they just got... They were just part of some sort of catering. They didn't know what they were doing. They just showed up and said, pour drinks. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so where are we right now? Where was the venue? We're in South Park. So we're in Fort Lauderdale, which you mentioned already. And we're right on the beach. They they picked an awesome venue. I think it's called the... Pelican Grand. I knew it was called the Pelican Grand. Pause a minute. (laughs) Giving you an opportunity to chime in. We're gonna volley off of each other. Right. So, awesome hotel resort has, and it's right on the beach. So you go down to the lobby, and they have a decent sized indoor restaurant that runs all the way around this wraparound deck, so that you can actually have your breakfast on this this like a wooden deck that looks right out over the ocean. And they even have tables, so it's it's elevated a bit. You have to take a probably about 15 to 20 stairs to get down onto the beach, onto the sand. And halfway down, they have these these other tables that are there, and I'm guessing they only use them at night because there's tiki torches around them. So if you want like a super romantic candlelit dinner, listening to the waves crash, awesome spot for it. And then the deck wraps around and you get to the pool, and you can see the beach from the pool. It's got this huge kidney pool, and then next to it is this lazy river. And the waiters and waitresses come around, and we could just sit in an inner tube, flag down a waitress, and she'll bring us another cocktail. And there's happy hour from 4 to 7 every day. Seven days a week. Which is pretty much when we're hitting our stride in terms of a bar tab um, or when we're about to miss a wedding, which didn't help. So they shouldn't. People shouldn't book weddings during happy hour at the resort where they're getting married. They should wait till happy hour's over. That's like an 8 o'clock wedding. It's a very late ceremony. Still, I think more people... I don't know. So, yeah. And Fort Lauderdale is just not... I mean, I've been to... I'm, my family's from New York. We used to do trips down to Florida all the time as kids. Not just for Disney, but for my grandparents... You know, I think it's just sort of a rite of passage if you grow up in New York or lived in New York in the 50s, 60s, or 70s, and uh, as soon as you retire, you sell your house to your kids, and then you take that money and you move down to Florida. So I had family that, that lived in Tampa. I had family that lived in, like, the West Palm area growing up. So we used to come down a lot, and we also did trips to Orlando. I think even one time we drove down as a family from New York, which don't do that. Sounds really aggressive. Yeah. If we're going to give away any words of advice on this show ever, it's don't take a family of five on a two-day road trip down to Florida. How many hours is that? Too many. That's, for like, that's like 20 hours. This is... It was brutal. Well, we, we stopped probably somewhere halfway along. We never do it. We never did it in one shot as kids, but like my folks would be up front and then it'd be me, my younger brother, and then my kid sister would be in the car seat in between us. Aww. And so me and my brother used to just fight all the time. And then that would get my sister crying. And then me and my brother would try to fight with each other and start throwing punches at each other. But it would be over the baby. So it was a disaster. My mom would flip her top. She'd grab. I I can remember it vividly. She had these like this little plastic container that you'd use for it was like a travel baby wipe carrier. And it was the nearest thing to her. And so me and my brother were causing a ruckus in the back seat. My sister starts freaking out, screaming and crying. Right? Me and my brother, no, he didn't. No, he started it first. My mom <laughs> grabs the <laughs> baby wipes thing, turns around and smacks me and my brother in the <laughs> face with the plastic container. <laughs> Enough with that shit. We shut up probably for a good six hours after that. We were just sitting there crying and sobbing. You know that like nine-year-old kid cry where... <laughs> where he's just sucking his lip in. <laughs> but he's like... Cry till you can't breathe anymore. Yeah. But then there's snot running down your nose. That's disgusting. Right? Nobody and wants to picture this. And then you're sucking it in no, while you you're, should, while you're you sobbing. You should stop now. That, that's the nine-year-old just got smacked in the face with baby wipe container. <laughs> but I digress. Um, yeah, so I've, I've been to Florida a ton. Obviously, I come down here for work. What? Full circle. <laughs> I'm coming back. 
I'm going, this is, you I'm can't so have. Glad. I'm you, so glad we got that story in there. You can't have You could have just said I've been here many times. No. This, I got to <laughs> add context and color to it. You can't have an episode of Keeping Wanderlust Radio without one obligatory rant from me. Oh, you're lucky if you only have one. <laughs> So for work, I come down here a lot. My, my parent company is headquartered in Jacksonville. Um, my old boss lives down in St. Augustine now. So, and we, we came down here for, what, two Fourth of Julys in a row down to St. Augustine? Is that a plug for the IRS? Huh? No. <laughs> he lives no. in Florida. <laughs> Let's not mention IRS on our, sh- on our show. Okay. We love the IRS. <laughs> They're very nice people. Uh, yeah, last time we you were here. You just asked, where are we? I did. I did. Cut. So what? Uh, what? <laughs> I just. <laughs> and I was. I was actually hour. really just asking for the venue description, but I think you did a decent job of <laughs> giving that overview. Um, I felt mm, compelled to talk about Florida. <laughs> you've been here a lot. I think what you were getting to is the fact that you've been to Florida a lot, but you haven't spent time in Fort Lauderdale, and you right. really like Fort Lauderdale. Exactly. Compared well, to the rest. Well, I, you like all of it. I don't dislike it. I mean, is when I think South Florida, I think Miami. And Miami's just a lot. I feel like Miami's what Vegas used to be, mm-hmm. right? Where it's just debauchery and and just surrounded by people that are out to be out and have a blast. Yeah. So it's just a lot of energy. But it's also, as I cocoon into AARP status, I'm just getting old. I don't have it in me to be at you know South Beach every night. Fort Lauderdale is like a nice little sort of break from all that. And we don't do a whole lot of vacations where we just post up and chill. Mm-hmm. So most of the time there's like hiking involved and exploring and let's go check this out. And we only have four days here or sometimes we only have 24 hours. Let's try to do it's like a layover. We just try to squeeze in as much as humanly possible. But we're in Florida, right? You we'll just like Florida because there are absolutely no hills or stairs. There's something to be said for that. It is the flattest <laughs> land we visited. <laughs> well, everywhere we go, you find not just like a small flight of stairs, but like... Something with a view at the top. Right. And anything that has a view at the top requires no less than a thousand calories burned to get up there. Easily. So this has absolutely none of that, which is why you're a fan. Right. Losing a thousand calories in in an hour. Losing. You're losing them. <laughs> He's like, where are they? I need those calories back. Burning a thousand calories in an hour does not make Chris a happy panda. All right. I get to the top and I'm so winded and sweaty and achy that I can't even enjoy the view. And then I'm like, where the fuck is the slide? Why did I come up here? <laughs> They should have like a water slide at the top of every mountain. Anything that requires more than an hour of climbing stairs should have a slide, a water slide at the top, right? And they better not charge you to go on it. Or where, where were we? We were, in, uh, we were in Paris. We walked up all these stairs, right, to go see some sort of... Sacre Coeur. I don't know how to say it in a French accent, but the church. Yes, a church at the top of a hill. At Montmartre. Up all, yeah, and then we get down. We walk down all the stairs. And then we're walking away from it, and it turns out that there's a cable car right next. We could have taken the cable yeah, car we up. we did not know that that existed. I might have even taken that. The oh, stairs the weren't l- bad. The, the stairs look bad. on my face when I saw that cable car. He was car. pretty mad. Yeah. You weren't happy. No. We needed to go get some cheese and wine after that. <laughs> it was the only way the world was going to be right. I was dead inside. I, I wanted to... I wanted to kill someone. Yeah. So he doesn't want to kill anybody right now. He is happy as a clam here in Florida. For the most part. It does get oppressively hot with the it humidity is, in the middle of really the day. It's really tough to walk. It's We went for a 45-plus minute walk to the mall. It's like looked an, at a map. It's wasn't like a bad. two-mile walk. Yeah. I mean, and we it turned in into more than 45 minutes because we're like, oh, let's walk on the sand. That was your idea, shockingly, and I went with it stupidly. But it had been a while. I forgot how much it sucked. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's, it wasn't out. the workout part of it. It was the heat. I get really bad heat stroke. So by the time we got to the mall, I was exhausted. Not from the walking again. It was just the 
heat wearing on me while doing physical Which may activity. have saved us about $500 of you shopping yeah. that you didn't want to do when you got there. So over you it by the time we got there. Um, so anyway, answered one of your, or I gave one answer to your question of what are the things that I noticed and totally segued from there. Yeah, let's get back on track here <laughs> for the dozen listeners that might still be awake. <laughs> but to go back to your question of what are the things that I paid attention to this time versus other weddings, I'd say the biggest one was the agenda or the order of operations that things took place. So every wedding you go to, there's the obligatory cake cutting and the garter grab and toss and the bouquet throwing and the speeches and everything else that's standard that comes with a wedding. And most of the time you attend and you don't really pay attention. You pay attention to it, but you don't realize when it's happening and focus on the details. But this time really paid attention to the order that they did everything and the timing that it all took place within how many speeches were given, what the bride and groom were doing during all of these things, which normally I'm kind of just there for the party and I have a good time. This time I was taking mental notes the entire way and really focusing on that and thinking about my own wedding. And all right, this seems like a good timing for that. And this I might change up. And one of the things that this wedding's in, this wedding in particular was that they had like, I don't know how many speakers. They had over six speakers. Too many and speeches. So at our <laughs> wedding, how many speeches are we going to allow? I don't know. I I don't. I think half a dozen. I don't know that people are going to fight for the microphone. But here, apparently, they only had two speakers total. And people were legitimately scheduled. grabbing the microphone <laughs> to try to give more speeches. And it was really sweet. And to be honest, if people want to say nice things about me, I don't think I'm going to stop them. We should do it like while we're eating. So that well, way it's that's, not, yeah. I think that's what they did, which was genius. Yeah. So, so it's got to be during the meal service. Yeah. So for the guests, I think it was, I think it was a lot of speeches, but again, we were all eating at that time. So it wasn't, I mean, I don't really want to be talking to other people while I'm eating anyway. So I'd rather just listen to one person. It's actually quite convenient to be honest. And I think for the bride and groom, it was convenient. Also, nobody was bugging them while somebody was speaking on their behalf. So I actually think that was a good move. Um, the advice that we got one particular detail was when they stopped the party to cut the cake, which was later in the evening the groom said it totally threw off the flow of the entire night. Yeah, because at that point, everyone had been hitting the dance floor for a couple of hours. Right. And now it's like, or at least an hour, and everyone's getting, like, hitting their stride. Or <coughs> if they were at, like, a four or five all night, now they're at, like, a seven or an eight, and it's just cranking up. And now all of a sudden, you got to, like, bring everybody down to a four again. Right. Just to cut the cake. Which was funny. He said that the morning after, and really resonated with us because we left shortly after the cake cutting. We were cranking it all night, dancing, having a great time. We got really, I mean, mostly it was just super hot and we were sweating so much. And luckily we were staying at the venue in the hotel. So we figured let's go grab a shower. We'll come back. We'll hang out with everybody. But that feeling kind of hit us right after the cake cutting. And that's when we left. We didn't get cake. No. Like they were passing out the pieces of cake and we straight up Irish exited. We Irish exited with the intention of coming back. So we told everyone we'll see That's you. That's how all in my Irish minutes. exits go. Be right back, guys. Yeah, no. No, I'd say that's not how all mine go. I really wanted to come back and then I got there and I was so tired. I just passed out. Yeah. You laid down on the bed. I no, you fell on the bed. <laughs> And you didn't move for 12 hours. It was a long day. It was, I Again, I blame it on that 45-plus minute walk that we took. It was like an hour, but it was in the heat and the sand. Yeah, it was so a long day. Every step in the sand is like four steps on flat ground. So those are some of the main things that I noticed. Is there anything else that you paid attention to? Me? I don't pay attention to shit. Um, You're useless. I paid attention to... How many times I put my drink down and it wasn't completely finished and then I turn around and it's gone and I went back up to the bar. So I'm like, if we're paying per consumption or if they're paying per consumption and it's not like an all you can drink package, I am the worst person to have at your wedding because I'll drink half a bourbon, right? 
put it down. Bourbon with ice, which is $3 more at our place. <laughs> Walk, say, and turn around, and it's gone. And so I'm like, oh, I need another drink. So I may have ordered a dozen drinks last night and drank. I don't think I drank one to the end. A dozen? You had Easy. six bourbons? Easy. Wow. Easy. But they kept disappearing. I don't know if it's like part of the strategy to have someone running around grabbing drinks that are just sitting on tables that look like they're half finished. Well, it would be interesting to know what their package looked like. Yeah. Are we paying per consumption at our wedding? We. Like I'm going to be walk if we are, I'm going to be walking around like a Nazi. If there's somebody <laughs> who's like, if there's a, a waiter grabbing a half finished drink, I'd be like, no, 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 no. No, you're going to tell the waiters in advance not to grab half finished drinks. So. Yeah. We, there better be, there better be nothing but a straw. And a lime at the bottom of that glass. So update, we ended up, if you listen to our last episode, we were totally sold on one venue. And (laughs) spoiler alert, we totally changed gears since then. And we're going with a different venue. Which happens. Yeah. And we're going with our second choice, which is the Beller Bay Club, which I feel bad saying it was our second choice because I actually, I mean, I loved both of them. Like you really. It was our backup. It wasn't, we, we fell in love with the first place. Mostly. We said if that doesn't work out, we'll definitely do the second one. Yeah. We, we could stop looking at that point. Right. right. So there was nothing. So we had, we were forced to fall back on our second one. And not because the date wasn't available. It was just because the people that work at, are they a client of yours by any chance? I think you should be nice regardless. Well, this, I'm like, I'm already getting fueled up. Like, I feel my blood pressure rising. He's being a little dramatic from, from an outsider's perspective. Dramatic? Are you kidding me? So they send us the contract, and it basically, short of asking for my left nut, right? They're asking me to sign off on giving them a ton of money, right? And it was like, it, to say it was one-sided is an understatement, right? It's not like it was 90% in their favor. Like, I get it. I get contracts, right? You you have someone in legal prepare something that you're going to furnish to other people, and it's it's written to protect you and your business against just about any anything that could go wrong, right? Not that this stuff ever does go wrong, but you have these people that are out there issue spotting and saying, and, and sometimes, especially if you've been in business for a really long time, your contracts evolve over the years to protect yourself against the stuff that did burn you in the past. But someone clearly went through, right? Like, I, I feel like they went to an insurance company and they said, give us a list of every ridiculous claim anyone has ever made, right? And then they wrote a contract that protected them against that. Like, there was no stone left unturned. And... It, again, it wasn't like 90% in their favor, 10% to protect us, right? It was 100-0. And all I wanted to do after reading it was call somebody up and be like, look, guys, I'm not asking for 50-50 here. I get it. You're a wedding venue, right? You need to book these things a year out in advance, and you can't just, like, fill the spot if someone cancels on you a month before or even six months before. It puts you in a, you know, a very precarious position because... You can't fill that. And every day that you don't have an event at an event space is lost revenue. Might as well, I mean, it's, it's, it's a negative number in your balance sheet. So I get it. I get the importance of having a strong ironclad contract. I understand. I don't know what the hell that was. Really loud motor. No, I think it looked like a bicycle. <laughs> it looked like a bicycle with a really intense motor on it. That guy was, it was like, not pedaling. A, a lawnmower engine <laughs> on the back of his bicycle. Only in Florida. Oh. So that's the, so that's the only reason why I don't think we can live here is that there is like all the weird shit you hear on the news when stuff goes down, right? There's an 80% chance you're like, I bet that happened in Florida. Sure enough, they get to the end of the news report and they're like, this happened in Broward County, Florida. Didn't you just hear locals talking about that? Probably. <laughs> and even they say it. They're like, they know. We're like, we are the laughing stock. Yeah. Right? They're, I mean, it's Florida. They are basically, they are the sphincter. But they've the got sunshine all the time. So I think they're okay. A lot of rain, too. But they also have Floridians. Right? I think something happens when you're born and raised here and you live here too long and, and you, you start breeding. All right. <laughs> Look, I, I'm telling you, do a survey. We'll put a poll up on the website. All the silly things that happen in the news. 
80% chance it happens in Florida? Probably. Um, so anyway, this contract was very one-sided from, keep in mind, Chris works in legal, deals with contracts all the time, was going into it just hoping to have a conversation, didn't have very no, high expectations. No, I work in sales and I happen to sell to lawyers, right? And I always furnish them with a contract and they always come back, right? And they're like, look, you guys are providing us with the service. There are certain things in here that rub us the wrong way. And I have a conversation with them and I meet them in the middle. I'm like, what is it that you're concerned about, right? Because some of these clauses are written to be very black and white and it doesn't leave much gray, mm-hmm. right? And that's just how contracts are written, like the boilerplates, right? So I have a human being conversation, right? With the other human being that I'm doing business with because I want to start things off on the right foot and show them that, hey, I get where you're coming from. I value your business. I'm going to work with you. I'm not going to just lay down and say yes to everything. I get I get that part, right? But I'm also going to listen to you and understand where your issues are. And hey, maybe I don't have to like, you know, strike an entire clause, but I can add something and be like, if this happens, you're covered. And so we call them up, and the first thing they say is non-negotiable. I'm like, pardon? They're like, the, the contract is not negotiable. I'm like, it's not negotiable with you? Or can I talk to somebody in legal? And I probably spent an hour on the phone with them, you know, a couple of times, a few emails, and they just kept coming back around. I'm like, so you guys can cancel on us. That was the big one. They can cancel on us. So if something happens, they can cancel on us. Let's say they have a wedding in the morning at the same venue where we're going to have a wedding, and someone does something and knocks out all the electricity then they can't have our wedding in the afternoon or in the evening. They're allowed to make best efforts. It says in the contracts, they're allowed to make best efforts to reschedule our event at a convenient date. It's a wedding. We're going to have 100 people fly across the country and they're going to make best efforts? I think that was a... I think they would make our wedding happen if electricity was knocked out. I think the better example is this place is in Malibu realistic situation is there could be some type of fire that actually takes out the entire place. That's different, right? Like that's, that's an act of God or force majeure. I I was willing to Mm. acquiesce on that one. I just didn't like the fact that if something happened outside of their control, right, that we are completely out of all of our money and they get to keep, right? They get to keep all our money. But if they do something stupid, Oh, that's the last of it. Sorry. I poured one full glass of champagne and one drop. Here, I'll combine them. We'll, we'll, share. we'll share that last go. Um. Anyway, the point yeah, was... Fuck those guys. That's the point. <laughs> fuck those guys. Those clowns. They're not that bad. It's a beautiful venue. It is Totally recommend it. It's just... It Which was more... It makes me even more angry. It was... A lot of it was the principle. So anyway... In contrast, we then went back to our second choice, which, again, I feel bad saying that because I'm so excited to get married there. And we met with a person who is our technically salesperson, um, had, didn't meet with her, had several phone calls with her. And she spent hours on the phone combined with us, with my mom, with me, with both of us together on the phone, answered every single question we had. I'm sure she's had the same conversations a million times over. And with us being, again, the millionth customer that she's had this conversation with, she was so enthusiastic, so sweet, so willing to work with us and just so down to earth. And well, all I had to do is like I pointed out one thing in the contract and I'm like, look, this is a little vague. Are you I'm like, this is what I'm worried about. Right. And she said, oh, well, just pencil that in before you sign it and initial it. And that's all I needed to hear. Yep. that's all I needed to hear. Done. These are the people that I want to do business with. If we're going to drop tens of thousands of dollars on an effing wedding, I want somebody who can be flexible with me. So we're going with this beautiful venue, which overlooks the ocean. It definitely has a view that the other place didn't have. Um, it's much closer to Santa Monica slash anything L.A., Located. The other place had a view of a sign that said not negotiable. <laughs> um, it's just, it's a really, really cool space. We have the entire building, um, multiple rooms. There's the 
ceremony that's going to take on a, take place on a lawn that overlooks the ocean and it's right on a hill above Pacific Coast Highway. And then you walk up after the ceremony to the building where there's a cocktail hour outside with twinkly lights, which I'm very like excited about. Spanish grotto. Yeah, it's like a Spanish grotto. Place. It's good. And it has an outdoor fireplace bar outside. That's where the bar is going to sit all night. So people are going to be going like in and out. It's a fancy Alamo. It's really cool. Yeah. The inside is a beautiful banquet room with floor to ceiling Can glass windows. we make windows. everyone wear like Davy Crockett raccoon hats? No, nope, absolutely no? not. Okay. No. Just, how about the groomsmen? Stop the, providing no? advice. Right. Yeah, no. Um, the inside is this beautiful banquet room, floor to ceiling glass windows, dance floor. It's it's massive. It's a perfect amount of space. Um, it's got everything we need and the entire building is our own. And coolest part, I think, is that it comes with an on-site day of coordinator so this person who knows the venue so well just give them your vendors information she's going to be able to work with all of them and we met her she's actually the person who showed us around she's really cool really bubbly you don't know how she does it every single weekend but she's drugs. giving tours it's got to be drugs <laughs> she's giving no tours one's that happy all the time while she's planning weddings or while she's like in the middle of being the coordinator for weddings so she's just all over the place just very very cool people uh, so it's great. We're really excited about it. And we locked in our date. We're doing weekend after Labor Day. So it's going to be perfect. We got first choice on our date. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have to. So settle. someone had the date already, right? And you called up. and They, they had a hold. So we had to challenge the hold. And they ended up letting go of the hold. And, and we, we won. We won our first duel. This is all every. So they said Chris and Kayla are coming to town having a wedding. They didn't even put up a fight. No, they gave it up within. Like Seconds. under the time that they need yeah. to. They're like, let them have it. Let them have it. We changed our minds. Winning. So we locked it in. So that's the update on our wedding. Obviously, we'll keep you posted. There's a lot more to come. Um, but this was really interesting. Again, just visiting or going to a wedding while we're planning our own. And again, <laughs> we've been to, I've been to so many in my life and it's such a different experience when you're attending as someone who's never had a wedding themselves and isn't planning one currently versus now where we're at. Was there anything else you noticed being in no, this mindset? It's just, sort of a, it's just sort of a mindset. It's that, and it, it dawns on me that there's, there's, in life, there's very few things that you, you jump into head first with zero experience and you basically can't screw it up. Like this is one of those things that we have no experience doing any of this. We're jump, we're throwing lots of money at it. We're coordinating this massive event. Neither one of us have much in the way of experience of planning events and our emotions are involved heavily in this. It's not like a work event where like we hope it goes well so that we do you know, mm-hmm. do good in front of our clients or that we win five new clients out of the 60 clients that we invite or some prospect. This is, and you don't have like a, we don't have a team, you know, like at work, I would delegate 90% of the stuff that I don't know how to do to people who are actually good at it. Right. With this, neither one of us are good at this. And I'm trying to think of like something else that would happen in life where you're making such a massive commitment and jumping into something that requires so much planning, so much detail is this heavily like where you're this emotional about it because you can't just sit back and be like stoic or look at things objectively. It's right. really difficult to do, right? Cause you want the day to be perfect. You like, what else do you like? Like even a christening, like, I, I don't know, like some sort of religious thing. What do religious people do? Don't they have like events? They get married. I mean, other than getting married, <laughs> but like things that they do for kids or I don't even, I feel like if you screw one of those up. or quinceañeras yeah. or. See, I don't think screwing those up, like having a snack. I'm getting the hiccups from the champagne. <laughs> I, it's just, it's very, very telling, right? And probably all the more reason why you want to have just a good network of people around you and try to keep a cool head through all of it because I think you mentioned on the last episode that all the things that you thought you wanted walking into yeah. planning this wedding, you have sort of come full 80, 180 on and now you're like, no, that just makes no sense at all, which I got to hand it to you to go like huge props 
for being able to no 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 this is just in life anybody who can say something with such in, <coughs> impressive conviction right because human beings we, we have sort of this weird affliction where we say something and put it out there and it's like written in stone for some reason and you can't go back like god forbid i go back on my word when like it's almost like people lose face for going back on their word it's not you're going back on your word you're flexible you have more information now yeah you changed your mind you know and it's one of the things i love about you babe you're very adaptable Aww. in the moment so i've clearly going through i remember so I, i'm sure we brought this up before but like one of the things that when we first started dating was all about like the different like putting people into you haven't really tested your relationship until you've gone through traditionally stressful situations together mm -hmm. right and one of them is obviously traveling together right traveling together as a couple can be can be dicey especially a new couple or like some when you're young in the relationship it can be dicey you don't mm -hmm. know how the other person's going to react to just you know ad adversity and the travel is adversity you're challenging yourself all the time seeing new places learning new customs trying to just get in and out of an airport sometimes like we've had some interesting runs you know and what bigger stressful situation is there in a couple's lives obviously we haven't had kids yet and they haven't done anything stupid that might put us in jail because yeah, they did there's a lot stupid. of things that are to come but pre-kids right pre-kids what bigger stressful what can what can create more stress than planning a wedding together and to see you sort of take all of this in stride and then grab the bull by the horns and i wouldn't most people who know you would not label you as someone who's incredibly decisive <laughs> i've been in, i've been so impressed with everything that we've been able to i mean in the early goings just get through together and i blame most of that on you Thank you nailed you. it babe love you well you're just going with the flow so you're super easy that's my aside life the, though aside from the contract fees which to Fuck be honest clowns. i would have signed the contract never do it you can't sign contracts like that you're forever from, from so, so everyone in has our vows things. in our vows right i'm gonna work something in there that says you're not allowed to sign contracts on behalf of us until i get to proofread them I need to peruse them first. Right, right. And sign away our children or something. So you're going with the flow with everything except like the really important shit. <laughs> yeah, I'll take care of the big ones, right? You want like purple flowers no, mixed with yellow flowers? No, the only color I don't like. Well, I, I, I know. I'm using that as an example. But you want to you like get real picky about the centerpiece and you want like a candelabra with flowers coming out of it. Go for it, babe knock yourself out if we're paying five grand for it i'm gonna raise an eyebrow so i'm not paying five grand for a centerpiece but if someone else is paying for it i'm gonna let them go nuts signing contracts that hold us over like that just rake us over the coals I'm not doing it i don't care how nice the venue is and that's the thing is that it's such a nice venue that they can get away with it they're like there's gonna be someone right behind you who will scoop this up sign that contract won't even look at it mm-hmm so, no harm, no foul. Like, even if I wrote a bad review, which I wouldn't do. I'm not a big believer in writing bad reviews. I feel like the only people who write reviews write bad reviews. But if I, even if I wrote a bad review, I'd have a hard time. I don't think it would do anything to their business. No, I mean, it, it is. It's, it's awesome. It's such a great spot. It's awesome. So, all that being said... Anything else you'd wrap up with with this wedding that we just went to or with weddings that we've attended or things that you've paid attention to as a guest? Um, I wasn't I didn't think the food was that big of a deal and the food was actually pretty darn good at this wedding. And I was I remember being impressed with how because anytime you're serving for like 100 plus people, it's difficult to nail it. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, especially three or four different dishes. I thought they did a pretty damn good job, um, which is funny because like we had lunch here like when we first showed up and maybe we just ordered the wrong thing, but I wasn't like blown away. Right. So I, I maybe I had lowered expectations walking into the dinner because I had assumed that it would be done by the same kitchen. But the food was awesome. And 
I finished my entire plate, which I don't usually do at weddings. I was pretty impressed. Yeah. So I loved the timing. I kind of, I mean, I mentioned this clearly earlier, but when we walked in, the first thing that happened was everyone sat down, you got your places, sat down at your table. Oh, I know. Memorize your speeches. Like anyone who's going <laughs> to give a speech, that's going to be my prerequisite. I don't want anyone reading off of their phone. What about, what about when we do our vows? Memorize them. I'll memorize mine. I'm good at lines. Shit. Okay. That's, <laughs> a, that's a lot more You're pressure. You're on the spot. I didn't, I didn't know I had to do that. Do we, I mean, can't we, why do, so, <laughs> so I'm confused. We should take this offline. <laughs> well, well, no, I mean, well, the whole purpose of talking about weddings on the show is because we're, or, or this whole show is about us learning things the hard way, right? So that other people don't have to, right? And I know nothing about, about I haven't been to probably i mean i've been to the same weddings you've been to over the last few years but i don't pay attention to shit when did people start writing their own vows and how did that become the norm like a long time ago like wasn't it always i I thought that the officiant had all the vows it was scripted everyone says the same thing death do us part you can choose to write your own vows for a very long time now for so now everyone chooses to write their own vows most people nowadays write their own vows and is that what we're doing Again, conversation to be had. What do you want? I mean, you've said you want to write your own vows. I did? Yeah. I didn't. You, you don't I know. I didn't know. So that's that the whole thing. I didn't know it was an option. Yeah, it's an option. <laughs> so why don't we take the easy way out and let somebody else say the vows and we just agree to them? Because that's super lame. So we're writing our own vows. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> All right. First of all, folks, we've had this conversation before. He has clearly said that, yeah, we're writing our own. So I don't know where this confusion is coming from, but. Hey, I can hack it. I mean, mine are going to be awesome. No, I know yours are going to be great. Right. So you're going to have to live up. But I didn't know I had to memorize You're not going to what my vows are going to be. Well, of course you got to memorize. Well, what if I have bullet points? I'm going to get nervous. I'll wear a tie with the vows. No, you can't see what they are beforehand. I won't look at the tie. You can't read off a piece of a how like if we're putting on a show, which which is what a wedding is. is We're basically putting on a show. You got to memorize your lines. All right, then I'll write really long vows and I'll memorize half of them. Even better, (laughs) (laughs) I'm off the hook for half the shit. Uh, (laughs) um, You forgot till death do us part. Loophole. In sickness and in health. Most of the time, unless you're sneezing on me. Care to elaborate? No, this is going to work out. In my, you're memorizing your lines. All right. So what I was going to say before he interrupted me 10 minutes ago and then went on a rant. That's my job. Yeah. The only reason I'm on the show is to interrupt you. It's the only thing I'm good at. The tips that I would say or the thing that I really liked about this wedding is the timing of a lot of things. Ooh, motorcycle. Um, the fact that when... We walked in. We all sat down. They came in shortly thereafter. They all did their dance off. The bridesmaids and the groomsmen, they all walked in together. And then the bride and groom walked in. They did their dance. They walked straight into their first dance. They did all the other dances that had to take place, which were, you know, mom and son, daughter, father. Um, I don't know. I feel like there were more, but maybe there were just those three. And then they got straight into the speeches. I feel like as the food was coming out or the food came out and then the speeches started. So it was like all of those things that kind of had to happen. So the father dances with the daughter and the mother dances with the son. Should we have my dad dance with your mom just so that they don't feel left out? Is is that weird? Um, sure. Sure. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) If you, if you want, I think it's a little weird, but we can do it if you want. Um, (laughs) I'd feel left out. What if I just had sons? Who do I get to dance with? I think at my your son's dad wedding? should dance with me, and you should dance with my mom. Oh, moving on. <laughs> so, I like that all of those things happened at first, and then we ate, and then I feel like there was some ceremonial stuff. I don't know. Maybe the speeches went on forever, but then the dancing started, and then we were all out on the dance floor, and they had a photo booth. 
definitely the one thing I'm going to spring for. So much fun. Every wedding I've been to with a photo booth, it's like that's the focal point. And the thing you take away, you walk away with a souvenir and everyone can remember the day and there's fun you know, hats and glasses and props to wear. And it's just such a good time. So that's the one thing that I definitely want to do that I really, really enjoyed from this time. And fun fact, they had people working the photo booth. And as the pictures would come out, they'd give you your own pictures to keep. They'd keep one strand of your, you know, three photo clipping, put it into a book and then have you sign the photo and say something nice to the bride and groom. Which is dangerous. Yeah, which is dangerous, but also really, really good keepsake. So you get everybody's crazy photos at the end of it. And it's such a fun thing to take away as the bride and groom. And the ridiculous things that they write in that book, too. So those are some of the biggest things that I took away. Yeah, I don't, I'm just not good at paying attention to stuff. Food was good. We left early because our AARP card got mailed to our hotel room. We never showed back up. I was highly cognizant or like hyper aware of the fact that my drink kept disappearing. I didn't notice that at all. I am curious. So there was something happening at this wedding last night. Someone, I don't think it was someone, I think it was multiple people were farting. Crop dusting the venue like nobody's business. I thought I was standing behind the person, right, that was farting and I'd go to move to the (laughs) other side of the room, right? And sure enough, a few minutes later, (laughs) right, I'd walk right into another cloud of stank, Right. It got to the point where I'm like, did I use turds for deodorant? Right. I thought it was me. And I just didn't understand what was going on. And then I'm like, babe, do you smell? I'm like, everywhere we can go. Yeah. It smelled like actual shit. Yeah. And I'm like. Not everywhere. So I. But it was all night. So I'm thinking, is it like, is it because we did all this? Because the night before we did this like dinner with everybody and it was like Southern food. Right. It was. It was baked beans, <laughs> macaroni and cheese, pulled pork sandwiches, and and craft brew, like beer. So maybe we don't... I'm thinking something, because like it was the whole room. It wasn't like just one dude running around crop dusting, because like it would have dissipated right. eventually. Right. It was like... I felt like it was... It afflicted everybody. So I only... I, I believe you. I only smelled it once. Because I pointed it out. Well, I think most people are too embarrassed. Or no, you just happen to be breathing with your mouth open. No, like, it's not because Ugh. you pointed it out. I just think we we weren't together for the entire night. So I imagine you were places that I wasn't. Or I'm still convinced it was you if it was following you. But I it really didn't smell it that often. It was like often. a brick wall. I'd walk and I'd think, oh, what is that? How does this keep happening? All right. So takeaway is ventilation of some sort. Not ventilation. It's just the night before, right? Because everyone <laughs> does some sort of dinner the night before. I'm convinced. This is my hypothesis, right? That the night before, because they had this big, you know, blowout where everyone's drinking beer all night and then eating a bunch of southern food, right? And those baked beans were very tasty. Very tasty. They put something in them, like some sort of like hot pepper in the baked beans. And it was fantastic. I couldn't stop eating them. I'm not saying I didn't crop dust once or twice at the wedding, but I'm convinced other people were doing it you too. Did what? I went outside there. <laughs> so if we if we have a night before thing, we're feeding them rabbit food. <laughs> rabbit food. Salad, only salad. Salad. Cucumber sandwiches, right? I just I don't think that's it. I feel like when that's your experience, then it, you experience it the next morning. I don't think it lasts until the next evening. No, I'm telling you, it was like a late night meal that we had the night before. It was lots of beer mixed with lots of like comfort, southern comfort food. Anyway, I would say it wasn't that bad. But again, I just I only saw it or experienced it one time. It was four different flavors. Oh, my God. Oh, too much, too much, too much. So that's our final that's our closing, <laughs> I gonna, closing I tip say we for to, anyone planning a wedding. I was going to say, we have to transition away somehow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> be good to each other. Love you guys. All right. Well, have a destination wedding. <laughs> Go somewhere. Do something.
Well, this Sorry. is insightful. Super vague. Hyperbole. Thank you for sharing. Close that out. Are we out? Of, do we have any champagne? Did you finish the champagne? Almost. It's almost right. gone. Put that down. Where did we got the? Uh, yeah, we took an Uber to a liquor store to get champagne to drink it on the beach today, and we didn't drink the second bottle, so we had enough for an episode. Had a good day, um, and we're here tomorrow. And then we head back, but... And then Marathon Day is coming in New York City soon. We're going to have to do a marathon <sighs> episode. Oh, and our friends from Home Sweet Hudson. Yes. I know we've been, we've been shamelessly plugging them. Home Sweet Hudson for a little while. So these are our friends that are starting, that have started a business. And the only, like, we're not a really a business show, but we're all about any sort of business that people can start on their own that gives them the freedom to travel and enjoy life on their own terms. And so I'm super stoked to hear how they're doing. Yeah. So I got a couple of text messages recently just confirming that they're going to come down for Marathon Day. This is just, we call it Marathon. It's it's the day they run the New York City it's Marathon. Marathon Day. And, well, I mean, if you're living in Vancouver. It should be Marathon. They should be watching it on TV. They should I'm be watching saying. the New York City Marathon. Yeah. But they're going to wake up at 3 in the morning to watch. No, them. it'll be on repeat. So they're going to come over for Marathon Day and we're going to we basically wake up early on Sunday and get a bunch of New York bagels, bunch of champagne and make mimosas. And we start drinking probably at 8 a.m. Yeah, because the first people, the first people that go by are the wheelchair people, which are so unbelievably inspirational. Should we be calling them wheelchair people? Well, the people in wheelchairs. That sounds a lot better than wheelchair people. All right. Then the elite people. If I were a pirate, would you call me a peg leg person? I would just, I, all right. I'm sorry. That was not PC. <laughs> the people in wheelchairs, then the people who are elite runners, then the people who are, well, the elite women go first, then the elite men, and then the like fastest people who are not technically elite, so aren't going to win per well, se. Well, the novelty is is that our apartment looks down, so we're on the second floor. You're shaking your head like they can see what no, we was, see. No, I was getting there. You just, oh, okay. You took my thunder. That's my job. So the novelty <laughs> is the fact that we sit right on top of the 14th mile. We are just at like the halfway point practically of the marathon. So we see people... Halfway, halfway there. They've already accomplished the Verrazano Bridge. They've gone all the way through Brooklyn. They've covered the Pulaski Bridge. They're mostly through Queens. They're about to get into Manhattan. And I've sat right on the other side of the bridge that lets you into Manhattan. And it's such a crazy, exciting feeling. But they've basically gone almost through three of the five boroughs by the time they get to us. And it's so unbelievably exciting. And the fact that we can poke our heads out of our window and just see them running by. I, I don't know. I tear up every year. I don't know how people don't freak out at watching this because it's the coolest thing in the I entire I just like world. all the memes that I get to put on Instagram. Because it's like a bunch of people running past our apartment. Right? Like, we're, what a shitty parade. <laughs> Cups everywhere. My favorite part. The is, cleanup. Yeah. It's crazy. The, so they blockade, or we should probably save all of this, but fast forward to the end, right? The end. So all day long, the marathon's going, and it's exciting in the early hours, right? But once you get past like noon, one o'clock, then it's like the people that are starting to run by where you're like, ah, there's a good chance most of these people aren't going to finish. It gets to be like five o'clock in the evening and the marathon closes at six and they're at the halfway point. And you're just like, oh, my God, this is so sad. And then the street sweepers start coming by. Right. So they do such a great job of cleaning up all the cups and weird shit on the floor that are in front of our apartment. But the street sweepers come by and on like there's like a cop car that follows the street sweepers that has like a recording on loop that says that the marathon is over and that if you're still running the marathon please move to the sidewalk because there's not going to be any sort of escort they're not blocking off traffic anymore and then sure enough at 7 p.m you see some <laughs> saunter by all right and you're like oh you sorry bastard you're still going give it up sweet <laughs> 
so nice. I'd be I'd be that guy. <laughs> I'd be at the halfway mark at 7 p.m. Yeah, that part's tough. But the beginning is so exciting, and that's what I live for. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about the end. Um, <laughs> no, this year, uh, this year, I'm going to take videos and pictures of the people that walk no, in front of our apartment with numbers on their chest after 5 p.m. Don't do that. Yeah, we'll number them. Anyway, so thanks so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still listening. Tune in next week for the horrible, politically incorrect shit that I say next time. <laughs> And with that, let's go get some dinner and uh, head out. Fish taco. Uh, fish tacos. I love the fish tacos. Some chipotle sauce. But... All right. All right. Good night, kids. Thanks for listening. Check in next time for our politically incorrect recap of Marathon Day in New York City. <laughs> <laughs>